My Mac Podcast number 226. This week, Sam Levin returns with his cool Mac pick, and we interview Dom Segola of Dollar App and Big Words fame. You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And it's time to podcast once again. We've got Sam Levin back this week. Hello, Sam Levin back again. Hello. Where have you been? Teens in Tech and CSS. No, not CSS. CES. 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 Macworld Expo. Um, I've been pretty busy. The the Teens in Tech conference uh, just happened on Saturday, and it was was great. Actually, Dom was there, and uh, he was... He was, uh, You're jumping the gun. In, I haven't even introduced uh, the guy yet. I know, but we'll talk about Dom in a second. But anyway, some of the people that will be on our show were there, which is great. And uh, a lot of really sharp young minds were. Yeah, I read uh, Owen Rubin's article up at MyMac.com on it and uh, looked very impressive. He, at least he was very impressed with a lot of the young people that were at this conference. and. Yep. It, like I've said before on the podcast, especially during the Macworld Expo, this is the the future of technology. This is the people that's going to lead us in the next generation of things to come. And, you know, after reading a lot about it and watching some of the stuff up there at the Teens and Tech Conf website, um, yep. I, I think the future looks bright, Sam. I think so, too. And actually, we have a blog. If you go to teensandtech.com, uh, teensandtech.com, um, Conf.com. That's it. Teensandtech.com slash blog. You'll see there's a blog, and we're now going to place all the photos. We've got right now all of the slides, so you can watch the opening video. We converted it to into Vidler, which is a great uh, viewing uh, app or online app. And um, you'll you'll see you can you can watch all of this stuff. And um, a lot of people incorporated a lot of the tools of iPhone of their Mac products of just technology that they're using, you know. It's very cool. So, we also have David Cohen joining us. Hello, David. Hello. We uh, of course don't have Guy Searle this week. He's uh, taking medical leave. He's got to get that. Uh, what do you, what's that procedure again? A lobotomy? Was that it? That's. that's I think right. that's what it was. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> that's <laughs> and, really uh, nice. We're also going to do an interview after Cool Mac Picks with Sam with Dom Segola, but he's already on the line. Hello, Dom. Hi, guys. It's nice for you to join us this week. And, of course, you and I have a little bit of history. You are the uh, the creator of Big Words. Without you, it wouldn't exist. It would just be a figment of my imagination. So That's right, yeah. <laughs> it's been a yep. lot of fun. So we'll, yep. A lot we'll, of fun uh, bringing that together. We'll, we'll talk with Dom here after the break. But first, Sam, let's get into some cool Mac picks and an app pick. And what do you got right. for us this week? All right, well, um, you know... One of the sponsors, actually, it's coincidental, um, at Teens and Tech was Western Digital. And, you know, I'm not doing it to, to make them seem great or this or that. It, the point is, is that I use these products that they make almost every day. Western Digital, we all know, makes hard drives. They make their storage company. And they're now making some really, really cool small portable drives. And now they make small drives specifically for us Mac people. Um, they've come out with a new drive called the Western Digital My Passport for Mac. It's actually called that for Mac. And it's an external USB 2.0 hard drive that's 
really, really small. It's the same size as the dries they came out with a couple of years ago that were like a third or a quarter of the size. So now it's a half a terabyte. It fits in your pocket. Seriously, you can stick this in your jean pocket and walk around with it. And it's important because I store a ton of podcasts, video, audio, movies, and uh, basically shuttle it around wherever I want. And I, I don't have to, you know, use my MacBook as my storage device. Sure. And I just think it's a great little drive. And that's from Western Digital. They make a whole array of products from, from Mac to PC, um, even their WDTV, which we're going to get into later, not today. But that's from Western Digital. I highly advise any one of you to check out their site, westerndigital.com. And you'll see it, Teens and Tech uh, site. They were a sponsor, and they showed their cool goodies at the show as well. Um, next up, we have a cool company called Spec. We all know who Spec is. Uh, Spec makes a bunch of really cool iPhone cases, iPod cases. They're really known for the iPod and then they went into the iPhone category. Well, now Spec has a new line of messenger bags, notebook backpacks, uh, carrying cases, and they're called Afpack, Core Pack, Port Pack, and Tuck Pack. And each of these messenger bags address each size MacBook. So if you have an Air They've got a small kind of carry case called the Tuck Pack, and it comes in two different kinds of colors and uh, materials, very small and compact, um, and it's cool looking. And it goes all the way up to a Port Pack, Core Pack, Aft Pack, and they're really stylish. Inside, it's this cool blue color. And uh, they've been able to take their strap, their shoulder strap, and actually you can move it to two different areas the core pack. It's really unique. No one's done this yet uh, with shoulder straps. Sometimes it gets in the way of how you're carrying it. And these guys were pretty innovative with building their um, their messenger bags. And that's what's new from Spec. But also, if you go to specproducts.com, they're doing a really cool special for Valentine's Day. So go up on their site, and you'll see they're doing a discount for anyone on um, special products. I guess they're different colors. Yep. Uh, that they're offering, right? Yep. You'll see it. It's right plain day. It says 25% off pink, red, purple, and black on special products. And you click on that big heart right in the, right in the front of their site, and it brings you to all their different specials. So check that out. And they're, they're the company that makes really cool see-through cases for the MacBook and MacBook Pro. Um just love their stuff. We're, so, we're actually going to be giving away a spec product on this week's show, Sam. Awesome. Yep. And and that's from Macworld Expo? That's for, yes. Those at home listening to the show who couldn't be at the Macworld Expo and honestly probably couldn't care less about the Apple quiz that we were doing because they couldn't take it, we wanted to bring some of the stuff, some of the fun that we were giving away at the showroom floor, on the showroom floor, to the home user, and Spec is one of the companies that we're giving stuff away, as well as ProSoft Engineering. Now, we've already picked the winner for the Spec gear, and I'll actually call him live on the show here in a little bit. Awesome. Um, after we talk with Dom. But David Cohen, uh, in the last segment, is going to pick someone out of the Ustream chat, somebody that's in there watching us live, and that's going to be the winner of our uh, ProSoft Engineering contest. Pretty cool. 
Awesome, awesome. So that's that's what spec. I mean, they continually come up with new cool colors and varieties, and I, I hear possibly that some new see-through will be uh, making its way in the next uh, few months. Of course, hopefully it will support the new MacBook Pro. That uh, Did Apple ship it yet, the 17-inch? No, not yet. In fact, I've, okay. my understanding is it's been pushed back about three weeks. It was supposed to ship this week, and my understanding now is it's either the 19th of February or the 20-something of February. So I guess they ran into some manufacturing problems and... Uh, I, I'm not ordering one myself, but if I was, I would be willing to wait a couple weeks to make sure that it comes to me correct and they didn't rush it. So if, if you did order a 17-inch MacBook Pro, it's going to be a little bit late. Yeah, well, that's the desktop replacement is that machine. Eight-hour battery life, um, it's beautiful screen. It's the highest resolution of any MacBook made. Um but the battery life is just unbelievable. So that's that's our cool new stuff from Spec, and you know we'll keep giving cool goodies away. And also follow them on Twitter, Spec Products. If you go to Spec Products, you'll see. Just follow them because they're going to have biweekly deals that they and tips and tricks on their products and stuff like that. So I follow them. You should too. And then lastly, it's our cool app pick. So this is a cool pick that I've. You've been using on my iPhone, and that cool app pick is Tweety. So if you guys follow Twitter and possibly use um, the Twitter client, uh, Twitterific, I was, um, I, okay. but I honestly I gave it up because it just it, it's kind of buggy, and I didn't like the layout a whole lot. And don't get me wrong, I like the guys at the Icon Factory, but. I don't right. know, Twitterific just wasn't working for me, Sam. Well, Twitterific, it, it worked for me fine, actually, and you don't, need, you don't need any of those. You can go to Twitter.com. They have an iPhone web app that you can use as well. But Tweety, you, I'm pretty sure this is the guy that was – he worked at Apple. I think it's the guy. Dom, do you know that for a fact? Um, well, what I've heard is that he worked on the CoverFlow implementation exactly. on iPhone. So and, this uh, guy yeah. – Lauren, Lauren Brichter, he's really good, and uh, he, I personally stand behind Tweety. Actually, it's three to three bucks on the App Store. I would pay him more than that. Really, it's, it's worth more than three bucks. I, I, I've, I've considered just donating to him because right. I'm, I'm a big fan, and actually, it makes right. my life on Twitter possible. Right. <laughs> so, why is that important? And I know you guys are just going to give you a few uh, instances or facts. Uh, Tweety allows you to switch immediately between accounts. And that's a big deal for a lot of us that have different accounts and we're doing different things with Twitter. That's one thing. Second, or maybe the first, is the UI. Just the interface is beautiful. And I know Dom can attest to this. It's just so easy to read. And yeah, it's, scrolling it's really, is... It's good. It's just... It's not good. It's great. And... Yeah, um, it's, it's cra I've only crashed it once, in the, and I use it all the time. Right. And um, the integration... With, the integration with with links, the integration with TwitPic that allows you to embed photos on the fly from your iPhone is really, really seamless. So if you guys want a Twitter client for your iPhone or iPod Touch, check out Tweety. That's T-W-E-E-T-I-E. -E -E, and it's $2.99 from the App Store. It's well worth it. There's a ton of other things that it does, uh, but we don't need to get into that. The bottom line is I wholeheartedly recommend it. I bought it. I actually bought it, so I think um, I'm going to have to buy it now too because I, I've been looking at it. But you're the first one that I've heard talk about it with such passion that actually makes me want to go buy it, Sam. Well, D Daniel Brzezlowski, he's my 
co-chair of Teens and Tech, he's the one that said, Sam, this is what I use now. And, and after I checked it out, I bought it in less than five minutes uh, at the uh, Las Vegas airport. They have free Wi-Fi, by the way. Loaded it and was using it. Took a photo of someone right across from me using a spec pixel skin. It was hilarious. It's like it all came together. It was kismet. Anyway, so those are my cool Mac picks and cool app picks for February 5th, 2009. Thanks, Sam. And uh, we will be right back. And you're going to be with us again, Sam, next week? Yes, uh, I'm going to. And I'm going to hang on the line for a little bit. But yes. Okay. We'll be right back with uh, Dom Segola and more MyMac.com podcast. And we're back, and David, it's time to do our little interview that we like to do every now and then. It's been a while since we've had someone on the show, hasn't it? It, it has. It's always good to get uh, get some new perspective. Well, Dom Segola, you are the founding father of Dollar App. Uh, I've heard you've had, what, 50, 60 people working for you now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell. They, they're just so many. No, actually, it's just me. Just you. Uh, it's me and, and um, you know, an engineer per project. I try to keep it really tight, and uh, mostly because I don't have the bandwidth to work with more than one person at a time, since it's really a, it's a, it's a labor of love. So let's start with Dollar App and start with you and uh, find out a little bit more about Dom, and then uh, we'll get into Dollar App and some of the other things that you've done in the industry, because I think a lot of people that's listening to this are going to be surprised on where you've been and what you've been doing. And uh, What was the very first computer you got, though, Dom? Mm, that was my... Um the S- actually, it was the Apple IIe. Um, that was the one we had at home. Uh, yeah. We had an Apple IIc at the uh, at school, and I used it to program um, a logo uh, using uh, Turtle Graphics. Uh-huh. And uh, actually, I had the, the luck to um, be able to work with the inventor of that system, Seymour Papert, when I was uh, studying at MIT. Cool. And, so that was a real treat for me. What was it about computers that you thought, well, this is it for me. This is what I want to. I want to work in this environment my whole life. Um, or did you know that? I did. Oh, actually, it, it didn't really strike me until I first started uh, exploring the network at Swarthmore College in uh, 1992 or 93, and I found you know FTP servers and Gopher servers where people had left files there for me and things, and I, I was I was really I, I was like. I don't know how to describe it. I, I felt like it was a, I was a kid in a candy store, like it was some kind of game. Um, I was having so much fun. I, I, I recall that I felt as if I had I had surfed the entire web in a weekend once. I, on Friday, I started out at Links.net, which is a run by a friend of mine, Justin Hall. Yeah. And I ended up there on a Sunday night, and I just I thought I felt I'd saw everything. And and I, just thinking back on that. It seems impossible, but there weren't that many websites back then. No, back then, I mean, it was very small. And you really, really wouldn't find anything unless somebody else was linked to it. Yeah, there, was, there were no search engines of any kind, and um, everything led back to Justin's links. And so um, we ended up actually doing a seminar on how to make web pages back then. And actually, hypertext and the web was really when I first discovered that, that uh, discovered my future. Uh, I really felt like that was... That the power of hypertext, the idea that you could link from one object to another uh, with one action, um, and on the other side could be anything, that yep. was just really exciting. And I, I was an English major, so the concept that text could represent something more than just the word uh, that you're reading was was powerful to me. And so I wrote my thesis on that, and that 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 
catapulted me to Silicon Valley where I, I worked at Hewlett Packard Labs for a while. That was your first job then at HP? Yep. What'd you do at HP? Um, I was a, they hired me in to be a webmaster. A <laughs> webmaster, that was your official title? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you see that title too much anymore. I don't, I don't think I have seen that in a while, no. but, um, I was one of the only f- folks, I was one of the only people they could find to have that skill and was employable. So I did that for a number of years and, um, ended up finding my way to HP labs in Palo Alto and, um, which led me to be a uh, to go on the sponsor trip to the Media Lab at MIT. Was my, that was my first exposure to MIT. Um, I was really impressed, and I had full access to all the research there. And it was it was again I was like in a candy store and um, vowed to return as a student, <laughs> which it took me three years, but I did. I came back. I, I got my master's at Harvard University Graduate School of Education, and took some classes at MIT and then ended up working there actually as a, as a, uh, web developer. Now they called it a web developer. And that, that was a fun summer. It sounds like it would be. I, I got to imagine that was very educational uh, outside the fact that you're at an educational facility, but, um, but the experiences from themselves. Yeah. Those, the people there are just incredible. And, and, uh, the, just the breadth of types of things they work on, and um, that was those were the days when RFID was just invented, um, and people were just starting to talk about gestural interfaces, and it was yeah, it was really fresh. Now you're not uh, a newbie when it comes to podcasting. You were around podcasting towards the very beginning. Yeah, I worked at a company called Odeo, which created the first or one of the first uh, web web page podcasting tools yep i had a, a Odeo page. two audio, audio accounts actually nice they were called audio studio yep and, yeah and, uh, we had an upload feature we had a, a live recording feature we had a link to feature where you could create automatically create podcasts it, it, was, it was a lot better than what we're used to in the itunes store now but really it was itunes that kind of put you guys out of business right yeah, we for a while we were the open source alternative to the iTunes podcast directory, and there were other directories popping up from Yahoo and others. But we were, uh, you know, built from the ground up, built from the ground up on open source, and we were all about supporting um, the open standard. And so, we even dabbled in voice over IP, uh, trying to get people to call in and things like that. It was, it was, it was a, a very expensive service. But there was something else that happened while you guys were at Audio when you kind of realized that uh, iTunes is probably going to take over. You guys had a brainstorming session. Anything come out of that? Oh, something you might heard of, might have heard of called Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> I, no, I, I'm cheating. Of course, I, I read the article that you wrote. Um, explain that to the listeners a little bit. How Twitter kind of came to be, and you had like the, I forget the number, the 40th post or something like that. Yeah, just about. Um, we, it had had Starl started about three years ago um, when we had a brainstorming session to try and reinvent ourselves. We saw that podcasting was taking a certain direction and we weren't sure we were going to go in that direction. So we spent the day and breaking up into little groups. And I happened to be in Jack's group when he described the idea that he had for keeping people in touch with each other in short messages on their phone. And I wasn't a big fan of text, actually. I, I saw it as sort of a backwards technology. But Jack had a great idea that was sort of like a dispatch where uh, small groups could stay connected no matter where they were and it was immediate, very immediate. So there was no, no sort of, no interface, basically. 
Um, and we, he brought the idea, we all brought our ideas back to the company and had sort of a mini competition um, where we all presented our, our stuff. And then some of us got to demo later on. We got approved for demos. Um, and Jack's idea rose to the top really fast as a combination of status type ideas. Um, and he got to work with Florian and Biz and Noah on the first version. And that day that it was invented, I happened to be a little late in the office, so I'm, I'm only number eight on the system. But um, I still think back if I'd gotten there earlier, I could have gotten there before, you know, Ev and Biz and those guys. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, I posted my first message was number 38. Number 38. Take a it screenshot, Dom. Was trying to use it. He just said, "Waiting for Dom to update more." And so I wrote back, ooh, this is going to be addictive. Yeah, and it is. Because I could instantly see how easy it was to use and how much I wanted to keep using it. Um, even though we had audio to maintain and we had, you know, all these other ideas to sort of flesh out, the, the concept that he originally had was web-based only, but it was still, you could see, very addictive. And then when he added SMS and I could do it from wherever I was, it was really cool because I, I knew that whatever message I was getting was coming from someone else on their mobile uh, and they probably spent some time crafting it. You know, you, back in those days, we didn't have smartphones. It was mostly T9 text. And so, you know, someone out there crafting their message and sending it off to just me and my friends, and we're the only ones who knew about this cool new thing. Um, it was a really fresh experience. It was really, really fun. I, I think back on that. Do you wonder now how they're ever going to turn a profit in Twitter? At Twitter, I mean, they got so many users now. Yeah. It's so popular. Eventually, we got our family involved, and then. Eventually, after that, we got just a few trusted coworkers or people from outside the company involved, and it was in private beta for a long time. Yep, six months. So, how do you think they're ever going to make money with Twitter? Mm. But are, are you hearing me, Don? Into a lost gym. Uh oh, we lost Dom. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's kind of a bad I, thing, isn't it? Oh, I'm back. I can Sorry. Hear can you hear us? Okay. Yep, that's my bad. I was I was playing with my <laughs> playing with my uh, headphone cable. He pulled it out a little bit. Yep, sorry. Yeah, it happens. Wouldn't be the first time. My question was, how do you think they're ever going to monetize Twitter? Because it's so big now, it's so popular. It's it's at this point becoming part of mainstream. CNN uses it. Um, you have celebrities on there now that are twittering, and they're not twittering as celebrities. They're twittering as themselves. They're having a good time using it. Uh, eventually, they're going to have to turn a profit, aren't they? Yeah, I would. I would say so. They seem to be getting along quite well as a as a utility um, that folks are depending on. And I think that's the sort of that's the formula where you get it. You you create something essential. You create a need basically, and then you can charge for some portion of it. I've heard I've heard different ideas. I don't know what to recommend. If I were them, I might try to, um, you know, create a small, just a small fee per month for people who really use it a lot, who folks who have a lot of followers, for example. Um, and that's the model I've heard. Actually, I think Evan spoke about it on another podcast um, about possible ideas, directions they're taking. Um, I know they've tried having ads on the site. In Japan, they have a Japanese version. They're a little bit more uh, conforming than that country, though. I, yeah, I don't know I, if that would work in the U.S. I don't know what would catch on. I, when I first saw the tips that come in on the on the bottom of your message, if you have a short message, sometimes they'll append a tip. I thought that was the harbinger of um, of ads in, in your in your SMS message because the SMS portion is really what is it's actually a quite a big 
money hole because you know not only that 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 grows exponentially as you grow in users and, and usage um you know with each with each message you could be sending out you know tens of thousands of notifications yeah i mean you're reaching a up. lot of people quickly i mean yeah so, so I, I don't know what the strategy is i'm not privy to that but but i've i personally think it's about actually working on a tool set that would help their developers and help the users get to use it more and better well i know what i would like to do is i would like to be able to have people sign up for like a my mac twitter account in that whatever they post to their twitter account automatically gets posted on mymac.com that would be really cool um i don't know how they would work that but something like that i would be willing to pay some money for if i could have a custom i don't know if you'd call it an rss feed but a twitter feed right there on the home page so anything that would be posted to uh, a certain user's account would automatically show up at the on that feed so I don't know. There's a lot of ways that they could monetize it. I hope they do because I do not want them to go away. <laughs> something yeah, else to replace them, obviously. If they went away, something else would come up. But nevertheless. So you see the unveiling of the iPhone a couple of years ago. Uh, you see the release of the SDK, and you went, aha, I want to be an app developer. Oh, yeah. I've been developing desktop software for a long time and web software since there were over web applications and um, even before that. So I had the concept of having a web-enabled device anywhere I went. When it first came out, I mean, that the killer app was Safari, and there was no SDK when it first came out. Um, so I developed my first web app, actually, and it's at m.dom.net, m.dom.net, and that's actually just a simple portal for me to keep track of all my news and um, surf-related uh, information. And... That then I, I decided really quickly that that native development was the way to go. Just yeah, all I think everybody knew that. Everybody, I think everybody was just kind of waiting for Apple to to do something because it, there was no way Apple was going to be ignorant enough not to allow people to develop for the iPhone. It was just too much um, of a tempting target. And, and the jailbreak community was starting to get some traction. So it was only a matter of time, I think, before Apple was going to open it up. I'll never forget um, during iPhone Dev Camp 1, the first one, when we had it a week after the iPhone launch. Um, and there were like two or 300 people milling about here at a Town Hall in Adobe. And there were these guys behind the screens, really keeping it in themselves, not really looking for interaction just sort of doing their own thing and i kept passing by them i, I just walked over and i said what's up guys and they said oh yeah we're we're in contact with the twitter dev or the, uh, the iphone dev team and uh we're trying to get the uh, the open tool chain together and i just i said cool and i just turned around and walked away because i didn't want to i didn't want to know because at that time you know jailbreaking the iphone was a huge taboo right cool you know yeah. very cool these guys are off inside doing it and you know, maybe they'll get something to show, or maybe they'll just have something, and I can say they were there when I was, you know, doing my thing. It's <laughs> um, so a point of pride for me. But there's a big difference between the Twitter Dev team and the iPhone Dev Camp. iPhone Dev Camp is an open source community event that happens annually. That's us sort of spawned these international communities in different cities, and we try to get together once a year and have a big coordinated event where um, everyone brings their ideas and competes for prizes and um, you know, cool. Uh, opportunities to develop with other people and, and, and get their get their idea out there. 
and Sam was a big sponsor uh, this year, this year and last year. Um, Thank I, you. A lot of Spec was a sponsor. A lot of folks um, have participated, and, and um, this year we'll be doing it again. But anyway, that, the story is: we had this iPhone Dev Camp. Then, then the jailbreak community popped up, and I, I was hesitant at first. I didn't want to break my phone. But then 1.1.4 came out, and then it was stabilized for a while. I dabbled in it. I got, I, I was hanging out with the guys from Tapulous before they launched, working with Tweety and Tap Tap Revenge, and uh, just lending some kind of testing testing uh, experience that I have uh, to them. And then the SDK launched. And it was the biggest thing. Yeah. And we had uh, we had a month between when we SDK launched and iPhone Def Camp Two. And I will never forget the spirit of entrepreneurialism and um, just excitement in, at, at the camp that year. I remember reading a lot of posts about it, and uh, we've been talking to iPhone developers pretty much since Apple released the SDK. And I don't know. I don't think a lot of that has gone away yet, do you? I think a lot of people are still very excited about the iPhone development. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It hasn't grown um, it's not like Mac developers at all. I mean, it's it's the Wild West still. I mean, almost anything goes. A bit, actually. That's one of the, that's a nice segue to um, the reason I started my company. Is that it is a bit of the Wild West out there, and there are so many variables and so many the, the market shifting in so many directions. I decided to nail down one aspect of my business right off the bat, and I decided to focus on the one dollar price point, because to me, the App Store represents the ultimate opportunity <laughs> in micro finance or micro uh, micro payments. Micropayments, yeah, because you know when what what else can you actually buy from day to day for a dollar? Nothing. And everybody's been talking about this price point uh, for years and years, not for the iPhone, but micropayments and for no all kinds of ever, yeah, and no one has ever made it work. <clears throat> but here's the iPhone, ninety nine cents. Hmm. All of a sudden, it's it's feasible, and people are starting to make money with it. Right, so I've been, I, I started my company. I got the word out there via another podcast, actually, um, and, and started soliciting ideas. And then uh, Sam actually came to me with your idea, Tim. And it was a, it was a week when I had about four or five ideas pitched to me to possibly work on. And I was looking I was for very simple. <laughs> you were the messenger. Yeah. He, well, you described it really well, and it's so simple. You know, big words. It just shows the text as large as possible on your iPhone and iPod Touch. Yep, and in, in landscape and in horizontal, and, and it'll support any language, and it just works, and does one thing really well, and that that was the hallmark of the first dollar app. Uh, we wanted to do one feature, we wanted to get it done in one month. I wanted to employ one person, and maybe a designer. Maybe I do the own design myself. Um, and in this case, it really was undesigned. There was there's almost no design to the thing. It's completely um, Apple stock uh, you, you know, interface builder components, um, but. Just the idea that it's all about the content, that the phone itself is is the icon, um, is, is 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 a powerful idea. So I chose it as the first one. We got it out in December, um, and it's been it's been returning well enough to keep to keep me interested. I'm able to actually take the money um, that uh, that I'm splitting with Tim. And I bought a Porsche. My, yeah, he's yeah, gonna, right. <laughs> but that pack of cigarettes he's smoking now. Yeah. Um, no, the the money that I'm, the idea is to reinvest the money that I ever get on return um, into new features that would make it more desirable or more valuable. And so I'm using that actually to to add another feature, which I hope to get it into the App Store this week or next week. And it's it's pretty exciting actually to me because I like these new uh, emoji icons you can have on your phone. And yeah, so they're neat. Make it so that it supports emoji. It's a trick though. It's very tricky because the emoji icons are actually a low resolution, and so when you scale them up. 
they don't perfectly they don't look perfect so i'm kind of working on that right now but big words 1.1 is out there and 1.2 is coming soon and i have to say on a personal note um more than anything else i mean it would be great dom if if we both got rich because of it and, and sam as well but um for me personally it's just really cool to to have come up with an idea and see it implemented it's real i can launch my iphone launch big words and there's this app this idea that i just came up with one night that's that was more powerful to me than anything that just something i came up with this idea and it's and it's real and that's what's really cool for me and and i think the entrance to the the barrier to entrance for iphone programmers is more than i'm willing to invest to do it myself i just don't have the time to learn it but it's so low that almost anybody really can become an iphone programmer and make their realities come true or their dreams come true it's true um in my case i had the experience of having done the obama iphone application so i had just recently shipped that and had the experience of updating it and uh, it it really helps to have just one or two things under your belt before you start to make try to make money on stuff and our for, and, in, and in that case it was a free application um so now i'm focusing with each new release on one dollar apps and so the next one actually is I, I i submitted it on monday and it should be in the app store hopefully within the week do you want to talk about that i know what it is sure. of course but i'd love to yeah it's it's a very different app than big words it's called math cards and it's math flashcards basically um quick quizzes in basic math for iphone and ipod touch neat yeah and it has just a simple interface but it's it's i spent a lot of time working with a, a, a designer friend of mine and making it unique and having it uh, have its uh, a sort of educational look and feel it's got a chalkboard related theme and uh, you know four different cards uh, one for uh, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. And it grades you, and it gives you an overall grade, um, and pretty much that's it. But this isn't uh, what you're doing full-time. You've got, you have a full-time job, but is Dollar App something that you want to eventually be able to quit your full-time job and concentrate on this full-time, or is this always going to be kind of a, a sideline job for you? Um, well, I started in October. I actually took a month off of Adobe uh, to just spend it, basically spend the time with my newborn, but also to just focus on this and see where it could go. And I gave myself a year, and I'll see where it goes in a year. And my goal is to ship one app per month, um, maybe one app and an update per month, um, and and just iterate quickly and um, continue to just see what hits and what sticks. So the first app was a social networking app. This new one will be an educational app for kids. Uh, the one after that I'm working on right now uh, with my friend Adam Jackson is a book, actually. It's, uh, it's, it's called 140 Characters, and it's about Twitter and the history of Twitter and how to, how I've, what I've learned using it over these three years and how that can help you uh, be more concise. It's sort of a style guide for the short form. That's awesome. Adam Jackson is a good friend of the show, of course. And, uh, you know, the, I just realized, Sam, we've never had Adam come on the show. You know, I think uh, it would really be cool to have him on. He's he's um, he's he's a young blogger in the social space. Adam has been following uh, me since well, um, he was fourteen, and probably the same for you as well. Um, he met me many Mac worlds ago, and um, I just got off the phone with him, Dom, um, about interesting things about ditching cable, and he's <laughs> Mister. Mr. Hulu, that's what Adam is. But um, 
and he's a really cool guy. And, and just as a side note, two things. He was at the back of the room at Teens in Tech, and he's what I call part of the tweet team. And uh, I swear, five of those people were able to help put Teens in Tech as the number one trend on Twitter during that day because of how many followers they have and the influence that they have. So I would say he's one of the young influencers of our time. Before we wrap up this segment, Dom, I want to ask you, where do you see yourself five years? Where do you see the iPhone in five years? Do you think it's what we're using now, or do you think it's so much different than we can't even imagine? Mm, I have to say it'll be quite different. Yeah. Um, because I I know a little bit about what types of technologies are, technologies are coming down the pipe in five years from places like MIT and other things. Low-power computing, um, you know, different types of battery technologies, um, different types of uh, low-power low radio frequency transmission stuff. It's crazy. There, I have no idea what will happen in five years. I can only say in about two years, uh, maybe three years, that's where my vision sort of goes to. Um, but uh, I, I, will, I will certainly be on the Apple platform that whole time. I'm a big Mac fan since back in the day. And whatever they're, whatever they're hawking, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> just just one thought on that, Dom. I mean, there's been speculation about what might happen with the iPhone this year. Do you think that any new iPhone that comes out will be backwardly compatible with the App Store as it is today, or do you think it will be something that's extended and you'll need to have the new platform to take hold the new features? Great question. I th- My intuition says that it'll be a turbocharged version of what we have and that it'll be compatible with the current app store because if you think about it the iTunes experience is at the center of your of your iPhone and your Mac and that is their sort of that's their power it's not the fact of the phone it's the fact that it's backed by this giant service that everyone uses and all their media is is is, is inside so it, in some sense it'll definitely leverage what's already there it may extend it somewhat um, I, I I don't know I, what I've heard is that it'll it, it could have more processors i've heard that it might be smaller um both of those things would be welcome the only thing as a developer it, it's it's always daunting to take on another form factor so if it's a if it's a yeah. nano size thing that could be disruptive but um mm-hmm. you know i i don't i wouldn't blame apple for trying um, a smaller form factor or just trying anything i mean they, the itunes app store and music store um with with their new hardware platform is the future of Apple. The the, the idea of yeah. this of Apple being a computer company, of being a Mac centric company, has started. I mean, people are starting to realize that's not that's not their core identity anymore. And um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it took more advantage of of, of media of media features like um, like music and video. And, and I wouldn't be surprised cool. if if the hardware acceleration were entirely geared towards um, just doing a better job with video and audio. So we'll see. Where do we go to learn more information about you online, Dom? You can always find me at dom.net, but you can learn more about DollarApp at dollarapp.com. And if you'd like to buy yourself a copy of Big Words, it's just 99 cents. You can find that at itunes.com slash app slash Big Words. And, hey, by the way, we should post the gallery that's up there of all the different ways to use Big Words that I posted, just for FYI. Send me a link to that, Sam, and I'll put that up in the show notes. So uh, you want to explain what the gallery does, uh, what it is, and how people could contribute to it? Yeah. Uh, The gallery is uh, I've I've used big words for a multitude of things, for ordering food uh, to, God, a taxi. 
Um, I shared a taxi at CES, and I stuck big words up uh, ahead of me. It said, circus, circus, share a cab. And in less than five minutes, I got someone to share a cab. It saved me half. Uh, anyway, it's a whole different ways to use big words and uh, in a variety of uh, instances. And um, you can post your messages as well from big words if you want to do your screen share, and you can upload it to the gallery for all to see as well. It's on my uh, .mac or .me, whatever you want to call it, gallery. We'll post it so everyone can see it. And yeah, you can we down- should probably move that over to uh, Facebook. Or, I'm sorry, not Facebook, uh, uh, Flickr. That's fine. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Uh, I'll, I'll do both. Um, I think Flickr is probably even better because it's open, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, done. Okay. Cool beans. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks for coming on the show this week, Dom. We really appreciate it. And again, uh, support Dom, support me. Go out and buy big words. We'll be right back with some contest information, Mac news, and more with David Cohen. And we're back, David Cohen. It's time to do our contest. Uh, You remember what we were doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to explain what the contest is? And uh, we're, I'm going to do one part of the contest, and you're going to do the second part. My part is I'm yeah. actually going to give away uh, the spec product that we're giving. Um, let's see. And his name is Matt Larson, by the way, and he's in Illinois, and he has no idea he's won. Although I will say that I, because we uh, randomly select the winner, I selected it earlier and sent it out to our spec contact, and she has already mailed out his prize so it's it's winning the way to him as we speak and he has no idea but i thought it would be cool excellent service yes (laughs) but i thought it would be cool for us to call him live on the air now of course um i can't make an outgoing call in skype and have you in the conversation so that kind of bites a little bit so i have to put you on hold to call an outside number okay i'll listen listen on the Ustream. yeah there you go I, i didn't even think of that so I'll put you on hold. I'll call Matt, and then when we come back, we're giving away what is it uh, here and what was the other? There was two applications from ProSoft Engineering. Um, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on this either. Uh, both here and clicks. That's what it was. Here and clicks. Here and clicks, and it's going to be someone in our UStream chat right yep. now. Hmm. So they're all waiting impatiently to find out who's going to win that. So while I'm calling this out here, guys, in the Ustream chat, you guys might want to be very, very nice to David Cohen <laughs> <laughs> because he's going to uh, decide who wins. Um, but we've already established that it can't be Pat, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny now. All the all the um, all the streamers, the the guys who aren't logged in, have just received a random name. They're all uh, they're all starting to pipe up now. Yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> hey, hi, I'm here. Howdy. <laughs> okay, uh, let me call Matt real quick, and I'll be right back with you, David. So listen okay. in on um, on the stream and kind of figure out when I'm getting ready to hang up the phone with Matt. I might not even get him on the phone, so we'll see. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's see. I want to do this. I'm glad that, uh, uh, oh, you know what? I hate Skype because I have to select the region. So it is the United States and then the number, which is this, this, this. 
this this was <laughs> and it looks right hopefully i'm not dialing the wrong number that would be kind of embarrassing wouldn't it <laughs> All right, yeah. here, here i'm going to give it a try right now <clears throat> and again i think as soon as it starts making noise you're going to be uh muted yep david's on mute and we're calling matt right now live on the podcast i hope he's home that would be cool it always kind of bites when they're not home and you have to leave a message, but that's just the way it is sometimes. And hopefully they won't say the number if their answer machine picks up. If they have an answering machine. Jeez, Matt. It's Matt Larson at Anthem Church. Oh, la, 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 la. I can. Talk to you soon. Okay, here we go. Hey, Matt Larson. Uh, this is Tim Robertson with the MyMac.com podcast. I was hoping to get you live on the air. Uh, when you listen to this message, just know that uh, I'll edit out where you're from. Uh, but I just wanted to call and let you know you were the winner of our spec contest on the podcast this week. Spec already has your shipping information, your name, address, phone number, all that good stuff. And as I am leaving this message, your prize is already being winged on a FedEx jet to you for your MacBook Pro. It's a case. It's going to be one of the see-throughs. I don't know if it's going to be red, black, green, purple, blue. They've got a lot of different colors. Uh, they know that you're a, a guy, so they probably didn't send you the pink one. Uh, it is on its way to you. I told them that your MacBook Pro was two years old, so they know exactly which one you have. And congratulations, and uh, enjoy the case. And hopefully you'll continue to listen to the MyMac Podcast. We appreciate that. Thanks. So that was Matt Larson. And uh, congratulations to him. And now we're going to jump back to David and see if he's there. Are you there, David? Not there yep. yet. Oh, there he is. Hey, David. So uh, as you could probably hear on the uh, Ustream, we had to leave a message. That kind of bums me out. I, I was really hoping to, to talk to him live. That's so much more fun, you know? <clears throat> um, well, yeah, sometimes people on there, they're, they're, they're all speculating in the chat room as to what you might be up to. <laughs> what, that, what do you mean? Uh, somebody said, oh, he's running the phone, tripping over his pants. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, wow. Hang up. Uh, okay, so spec product given away. Uh, and I think we'll probably do another contest with spec here in the near future because, number one, I really like their program, or their programs, their, their products. And number two, uh, it's really nice stuff to give away because it's, it's not like um, an iPhone a generic iPhone case. They're nice stuff. I mean, some of those spec products are just fantastic. And I personally love yeah. the see-through case on my MacBook Pro. You remember the red one I had, right? Yeah, I had a red one on my uh, on my old MacBook as well. And um, did I you really win one from too. us? No, no, I bought bought that. Myself. Somebody, somebody uh, from the UK had won a spec product case from us like three years ago, and they sent me pictures. Uh, of their MacBook in this green case that they won. It was really kind of cool. Yeah. And I know it was somebody from the UK, too, because I didn't say in the contest, well, you have to be from the U.S. to win, or uh, mm -hmm. because a lot of companies, they don't want to send overseas. And, uh, yeah. I don't know if he had to pay money to have that delivered to him. I know that happens well, uh, sometimes. When I, when, I, when, I bought, when I bought mine, um, I had it sent directly from spec, and they FedExed it to me. I remember having to pay import charges on it, so um, he probably had to pay a little bit. But you know, hey, if you want to, uh, if you want to have your machine looking different than everyone else's, sometimes you got to pay up a bit of uh, bit of cash. I know one of your questions were, "Oh, look, uh, Victor just showed up in our chat room." Yep. we're not giving Victor the free stuff here. 
My. <laughs> Victor is a, a big-time podcaster with typical Mac user. He gets the, the free swag already. So so did you uh, did you pick somebody? I did. Okay, who is I it? I did. I, you uh, know what? He... This is what we should do. Um, hmm. The winner needs to email me, and then we'll try calling them on the phone. What do you think? Yeah, that's They might not want to do that, but we'll, we'll, we'll give that a try. So okay. go ahead, David. The, the floor is yours. Who's getting the copy from <clears throat> ProSoft Engineering? They're getting here and clicks. In fact, they have yeah. to email me. i, I got to have their mailing address yeah <laughs> but, but this is this is a, a regular in the um a regular in the chat room uh and um we see this handle most weeks uh and he goes by the handle of paint guy paint guy i believe he's from seattle i, I right. think i remember that hmm so uh paint guy if you're listening now and you're, you're certainly on the chat so oh yes he's he's already <laughs> picked he's that up woot yeah, he's excited. So uh, drop an email to Tim or drop a message to him via Ustream now and give so, him your details. Paint guy, send me an email to Tim at MyMac.com. Uh, send your name, address, and phone number. And if you don't mind, I'll give you a call uh, as soon as I get the the email. So, David, two contests. They're both done. We're going to have to do that again soon. I, I love giving stuff away. Uh, you know what? I... <laughs> I've got such a pile of stuff here that's, you know, stuff that I finished reviewing, and I, I, it's hard to know what to do with it, and I think giving it giving it away might be a good idea. That's an idea, absolutely. Uh, and I've got a big pile sitting right behind me right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, you know, I was doing that unbox for a while, and quite honestly, I don't know if I've opened, physically opened, any of the things that I got from the unbox. I mean, I, you know, when you get so many things after a while, you're like, ugh, you know, it's cool, but... I, I just don't have any place to put some of this stuff. So I might have to start paying some shipping just to give some of the stuff away. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Well, well he, hmm. here's the thing. I, I'm, I, I can tell you now, um, next week uh, I'm giving away a um, an iPhone case. Um, and uh, let's 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 see we can pick up from some somebody from outside the U.S. So uh, we'll see if we can get somebody. Absolutely, next I'm, week and, I'm uh, checking my email right now. By the way, oh, it looks like my MyMac.com address was uh, offline. I don't know why that happens. Oh, I tell you, one of the companies, David, that keeps emailing me over and over and over, and not just emailing. I'm getting phone calls from them now. It's it's nice. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not complaining. But it's uh, Adobe. Adobe is right. just dying to get another Creative Suite for spokesman on our podcast. And I remember we did with the product manager for Adobe Photoshop. Uh, what two months ago now? Yeah, we we had him on the show, and I, I'm getting like a phone call once a week and two or three emails a day from Adobe wanting to get back on the show. Um, I, that's cool and all, but it's like it's just. Our, our little podcast. <laughs> well, I think uh, Spend you know some they, ad dollars. We'll sell you. We'll sell you well, more copies. <laughs> they weren't at MacWorld, and and you would hope that one of the reasons they didn't go was so they could refocus their marketing into other areas. So maybe this is part of a new strategy. Could be. Could be. I still haven't got the uh, email from Paint Guy, so I'm still waiting for that. Paint Guy, send me your info. So he probably won and jumped off, didn't he? He's gone already. He got all excited. Yeah. He had a heart attack and died. <laughs> I thought he was frantically installing Skype. Yes, there you go. So we actually had kind of uh, a list of things we wanted to talk about a little bit on the show this week. Of we course, did. we're already pushing up against an hour. 
But let's talk about a few of those things because we got a little bit of time here and we're we're amongst friends. So okay. uh, I'm looking for that email that you sent me, and, and honestly, I can't find it right now. Uh, I have it in front of me. So Good. Um... So one of us is on the ball, and it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so I know um, Twitter was one of them. Twitter was one of them, and uh, obviously we've just talked a little bit about Twitter with 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 Dom, and he was instrumental in in getting Twitter up and running. Um, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about. Uh, I mean, we we mention it on the show most weeks, and we mention our Twitter handles. But obviously, we're assuming that everyone who's listening knows what it is, and they might not do. That's true. So I, I thought it might just be worth, you know, running through the concept of, of what Twitter is and how it works, and and really what you can get out of it. Because I think when I explain it to people, sometimes they go, "Okay, yeah, it doesn't really sound very exciting." You know, just <laughs> posting a thing saying, "Oh, I'm eating my breakfast now," or "I'm going to work now," and that sort of thing, and. It, 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 you, you don't really got, get a lot out of it if that's all you do. So, um, so Twitter is is basically a uh, it's, it's a microblogging platform. So you you sign up for an account and you you get a handle, um, like give yourself a name, and then basically what you can do is you can post a, a kind of like a text message, 140 characters, um, and you can use that to say whatever you want. And some people, as I say, do use it to say, "I'm having breakfast. I'm going to work. I'm." tired, this, that, and the other. Uh, and, and I do uh, occasionally. I mean, I, I yeah. do use it as that, but I also use it as promotion for MyMac.com. It, for exactly. me, it's a little different because I do it professionally for my Mac and the podcast, but I also do it personal as it's it's me. I mean, yeah. where do you yourself, David, do you make that distinction or is it just, it's kind of everything? Uh, well, when I first started using it, because I didn't have that many followers, um, you know, basically the way it works is once you, once you're on there, you you uh, you, po- you put a post up, and people who are following you who've signed up to see your tweets, tweets are the messages that you create, they can see them, and so if, as you start following people, you get start getting a, a big long stream of of messages as people post, you get to see their messages, and you can reply to messages, and you can directly message people who you're following and associated with, but as as you start to pick up a list of of, of people you're following, then you start seeing topics that you might want to respond to. To, and you start getting into conversations with people, and to me, that's when Twitter starts to get quite interesting. Yeah, because you can start having these exchanges with people, and you know, the the power of it is it could be anybody. It could be somebody who you listen to on a podcast. It could be um, somebody whose blog you read. It could be somebody you admire. Um, it could be a, a celebrity. It could be President Obama. And you know, uh, the, you the, know, to take that even farther, you can use other services such as friend feed that will kind of tie these things all together so for instance under my because i have a, a friend feed account i haven't logged into it in months and months but because i have my uh facebook and my twitter in there whatever i post to twitter is automatically posted on my facebook account as well yeah and that's pretty powerful when you start thinking about you're sending a message on this service and it's showing up on that service so you're really starting to connect with a lot of different people 
That's right. That's right. And the, and the thing with it as well is that, um, you know, as Don was saying, you don't just have to go to the website to po- put your post on. You can get clients for your iPhone. You can get clients for different uh, handhelds and smartphones. You can uh, use your uh, cell phone and use SMS to, if you're in the US, certainly you can do that to send and receive these messages. Um, and so it becomes something you can kind of, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you can always get to, you can read messages, you can send messages, and you can get to these conversations and if you have enough people following you you can start you know if you want to know something you can ask questions and you'll get a whole load of replies from people who say well you might want to try this or i use that or i don't like this now um, I'm, I'm not huge on twitter i don't pretend i don't do the leo laporte follow me and i'm trying to beat so and so i've got like yeah. 500 followers right and that may not sound like a lot to some people but to me that's a whole lot and and i don't want to follow too many more people than that and i don't know if i want a whole lot of people following me because then it becomes noise. Yeah. Um, I, you know, someone like, uh, the big Twitter followers out there, uh, getting a lot of people to follow them. Do they really, can they really use it? Well, when you have that many people, I, I wonder, well, I, I do wonder, but the thing is, is that, you know, some of the people, I, I mean, I, I, I was, while we were, uh, not recording. I was talking to Dom about this. That um, Stephen Fry, the uh, you know the TV personality uh, and and fairly well known pundit here in the UK, um, he's really big on Twitter. He's got one hundred ten thousand followers, so that's that's pretty huge. Um, and he is very very interactive with it. He's he's always talking about what he's doing. Um, and while he won't often respond directly to something you send to him because obviously he's got 110,000 people sending him a lot of messages. Yeah. He does tend to talk about the themes of what people are sending to him. And and it, it is he, he's actually using it to be quite interactive with people who like to like to talk to him and follow him and are interested in what he's doing and what he's talking about. He's a really big Apple fan. He's a real really big tech guy uh, as well as being, you know, the, like this actor and this uh, this sort of well-known wit and and TV presenter and everything. So so he's he's often got things that are quite interesting to say, and um, well, let me you give know, you an he, example of what I've done recently. I, I posted okay. um, that I was thinking about getting rid of Comcast for AT and T's UVerse, right? Because somebody on my Facebook, actually a high school friend on on Facebook, I think we dated a long time ago, but that's beside the point. Um, we we hooked back up on Facebook and you know I'm looking at her family photos and she's looking at mine and and it's great because this is somebody I haven't talked to in 20 plus years and it's really great to be able to reconnect with some people like this. Uh, my best friend from high school, Troy Ballard, is on uh, Facebook now and we just hooked up again and and that, that's great. You know I'm looking at pictures of his house and his uh, his cars and it, it's great. But anyways, uh, this old friend from high school um, sends me a uh, or. She posts something about she's loving UVerse, and, and it was funny because I was just thinking about maybe I should switch to UVerse. So I, I asked her about it. And she just loves it, and she was ra- ra- uh, raving about it. You know, I can record it on one, and I can watch my recorded programs on any TV, not just that one that I recorded it on. I can record up to four programs at the same time. The internet's nice and fast. I was wow, this is great. Uh, so I posted up on Twitter. I'm thinking about switching to. Um, Uverse and uh, la, 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 M Danger uh, spelled a little different M D A N Gear M Dang Gear <laughs> right uh, actually sent me a reply and he says actually you may want to read this before you switch and it was an article about someone who switched to him from Time Warner Cable I believe and they found out they couldn't record 
uh, Nickelodeon or Disney or one of those channels, they couldn't record it. It wouldn't let them. That they went and tried and it said, we're sorry, you're not allowed to record those. And that yeah. kind of gave me pause. So now I've got this glowing review on one side and this article that someone on Twitter sent me on the other that's saying just the opposite. So where do I go? Well, before these services, the best I could have probably done, David, was talk to the staff or post a blog. And hopefully yeah. some of those people that read the blog could give me some good advice as well. Yeah. But this way, I'm hearing it, and I think it's completely unbiased. One person yeah. saying it's great. One person saying, well, you know, you might really want to read this before you move ahead. That's yeah. excellent. And, and just the opposite, kind of. I was having a problem with my daughter's MacBook. Uh, I got it less than a year ago, and the front of it's already cracked. Now, she's very That's careful right. with her computer, um, yeah. and she just loves her computer. Well, I'm taking it in this Saturday to the Apple Store in Grand Rapids, so anybody listening, <laughs> yeah. at 1 o'clock, I will be at the Apple Store in Grand Rapids, Michigan, talking to a genius. And if you happen to be there, look for me, and we'll have strike up a conversation. Um, and uh, I got some replies from that, people saying that all the plastic MacBooks have cracks in them. Um, some people saying you might want to get the extended warranty, which is 250 bucks, which kind of, well, man, that's a lot of money. You can get, yeah, you can get it cheaper off eBay. Mm -hmm. And people are saying, uh, this problem is rampant at Apple. It's playing dumb. Hopefully they have extended it, your Apple care. I mean, yeah, it, that actually happened to my MacBook. Um, what, what happens is the, uh, the, on the front, on the front edge of the top of the yep. MacBook screen, there's those two little plastic raised bits. Yep. That kind of make sure that the screen doesn't rub on the keyboard, and it's pressure on those that's actually putting cracks in the in the kind of grey rubber on the other side. That's exactly that what's ha happened. That happened to mine, and um, it, I, it was it was within the warranty period, so I took it in. They, they just replaced the top case. So, right then um, and there, or did out. they? Did you have to leave no, it for they, a while? No, they did it there and then. Actually, I think um, I had ProCare, so they did it for me. You know, within like about an hour. I'm they hoping that's what they do. My daughter's like. What about all my pictures on there? And I said, well, you know, if they have to keep it, they're not going to mess with your pictures. This is uh, it's physical. They don't have to even start up your computer, to be honest. And she said, yeah. well, what if they replace my computer? I said, they're not going to replace your <laughs> She's hoping no. maybe they'll give her a, a faster one, but I said, yeah. they're not going yeah. to do Yeah, an aluminum one, yeah. Uh, yeah, how about that new yeah, one? Uh, yeah. Maybe for your... <laughs> Yeah, she just turned 14, so maybe for right. your 16th birthday. I think by yeah. then you'll be ready to have a new computer. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you know, a similar example, I was talking to, on Twitter, to Don McAllister, you know, from Screencastle. We had, we had him on the show. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he was asking questions about uh, geotagging, which is the new one of the new features in iPhoto. Um, and we got into conversation. A few of us weighed in about one of the, you know, how, how he, he's, going on a, he's going on a trip to uh, one of the Mac Mania cruises to China. And he, he wants to do some geotagging with his photos, and he was wondering how to, what, what might be the best way of doing that. So I gave him some advice, and a couple of other people gave him some advice, and then he was talking about using an iFi card, and then iFi themselves started tweeting directly to all three, four of us in this conversation mm -hmm. about the pros and cons of their card. And, you know, it was very interactive. It, it's, it's a very different experience than email. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, it's re you can really get an awful lot out of it. And you can see these conversations going on on Twitter by doing searching and there's various tools that allow you to see trends and what people are talking about. Well, I like it because uh, if I'm following someone and they actually send a reply to somebody else, I can see that reply and I can right, see yeah. who they're sending the reply to. So I'll click the name that they reply to and, you know, I'll go to their Twitter page and usually it will say something about them, where they're from, sometimes a real name um, and what they do for a living. 
And I found more people via Twitter that way than any other way. I just love it. I mean, that's right. You know, I, oh, I didn't know that person was on Twitter. Boom, I'm following him all of a sudden. It's that's great. right. Now, for, for anybody who's not on there who's thinking about maybe joining up, just a couple of caveats and um, a couple of people in the chat room have pointed have pointed this out. There's there's a lot of guys on there now who are who are using bots and spamming and that sort of thing. So when you first yeah. sign up, you will probably get, you know, you'll get those that email saying, "Oh, somebody new is following you. Do you want to follow on the back and everything?" And a, a few of those will be bots. Yeah. There's a feature on Twitter. Rubbish. Yeah, there's a feature on Twitter that you can automatically follow anybody who follows you. Turn that yeah. off. Yeah, um, exactly. I can't tell you how many people started following me that were just. Yeah, like you just said, spam bots. And the nice That's thing right. is you don't have to follow them. You can you can even block them if you want to. I don't block them. I just don't follow them back. The spam bots I can live with, what what does kind of annoy me is there's a few people on there who are kind of, they, they portray themselves as like these Web 2.0 marketing gurus. And um, what they will do is they will find you and they'll follow you, and then all you'll get then is is you know, well how uh, you know you'll get three or four tweets for them today, either linking to an ask somewhere else on the web, going you know, how do you think web marketing trends uh, no, apply to Twitter? That. You know, all of this sort of stuff. And it's just like please, you know, use this as it's meant to be. Don't use this as a platform for your particular crackpot ideas and portray yourself as some sort of, you know, um, web 2.0 guru because you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> if, yeah, their, their, their whole plot is right. to, well, you have to use Twitter. Huh, you know what? Yeah, you don't you, really know that much, do you? That's right. Yeah, and, and, you know, and there's all about how can you use, how can you use Twitter to make money doing this yeah, and make money can't. doing that. And, Shut up. You know, it's, and you, look at them, you, and you, <laughs> you look at them and you think, well, Twitter aren't making money out of it at the moment, so how can you? Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, like, they're a bit of, it's a bit of snake oil and I, I you just have say, to kind of uh, I have stopped following some people after uh, they start using too much profanity now I use profanity every day uh, I'm not going to yeah. pre pretend that I don't but I don't really want to read that on my Twitter account so if people start using that too much I just stop following them I also stop following yeah. people who start twittering like 50 times in a day because it just starts cluttering I can't see what anybody else is saying I've got you know yeah. 30 messages in a row from one person who thinks that I'm going to Twitter my entire article 140 characters at a time. Guess what? I'm going to stop following you when you do that. So there are some unofficial rules of Twitter, and I would strongly suggest that if you haven't gotten to Twitter yet and you're going to do it, learn some of the rules first. Kind of observe. Follow a few people. See how they do it. <clears throat> and... If they seem to be annoying, don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah. But and there are also sites that will let you know when someone stops following you on Twitter. That's for that's instance, right, yeah. David. That's how uh, Robert Hazelrig found out that you stopped following him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and and you know you know what it is sometimes you know. Uh, Somebody can be and and Robert Robert's a prime example of this. He was just he was sending a whole a whole stream of things out that just really weren't interesting to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so you know, it's nothing personal, Robert. If you're listening, um, it was just a case of you know I just there's didn't want to read what, what yeah, you're writing about. Yeah, there's you know, only so many hours in the day. You can't read everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if someone I'm finding is uh, you know what's what's strange for me is when I did the podcast Michigan, everybody up there was on Twitter. And I yeah. basically started following everybody that was up there, and they started following me. And so that's like one group of people on Twitter that I follow, and they follow me. And then I have 
um, the people who listen to the show, they follow me and I follow them. And then there's people that I know that I follow them and they follow me. And then there's just people that I find were interesting. Um, and then I follow them and sometimes they follow me. It's really a fantastic service. I really enjoy it. And I I found it very interesting listening to Dom earlier on the show talking about how Twitter kind of came to be. I would, I would bet you that there's no way, excuse me, there's no way that they thought it would ever get this big. No, I I wouldn't have thought, I mean, you know, it was, it was just one of those things they thought, let's do that, it's cool. Uh, and, uh, you know, now it's turned into a bit of, bit of a monster because lots of people think it's cool. Okay. So, uh, um, I think it's time for me to uh, give Ron a call. Ron is okay. paint guy in the chat room, so I'm going to give him... I think Ron's actually won something from us in the past. I'm going to do a quick search. Now, here's the bummer part. I lost a lot of my email the last time I migrated from the G5 to the iMac. Right. And that was kind of a bummer. But I think Ron's... He says something. He says no. He's never won anything from us, huh? No. I could have swore he did. Well, we're going to give him a call right now, so it's going to put you back on hold, David. So Okay. Here we go. Calling Ron. I know he's there. <laughs> could I swear I... He... I've reached a number that does not oh. accept solicitations. <laughs> if you are a solicitor, please add this number to your do not call list okay. and hang up now. Great. Otherwise, please press 1 or stay. We'll press 1. Thank you. Please You're welcome. Hold. I, I will I will continue to hold. <laughs> that was funny. Ron's here. Hey, Ron. Congratulations, man. Hey, thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, I like listening to the message. This is a number that does not... I've never heard that before. Oh, it it, it does cut down on the sales calls, but a lot of machines uh, automatically go buy it, you know. Do they just automatically start pushing the one? Yeah. Yeah. Is that something you get from the phone company, or is that like a little box on your phone? Line? Yeah, it's like five bucks a month, hmm. something like that. So if I don't have it, uh, the real phone just goes off all day. So Yeah, mine too, but that's because I owe a lot of people money. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I could have sworn that you've, you've won something in the past from us, Ron. You, I mean, I've got your emails before, but uh, I thought I've I, I've done a few something. contests in the past, but I've never won. So. Well, we get a lot of people that uh, uh, enter these contests, and I love giving stuff away. Uh, have you won before any contest? Um, not that I can remember. Yeah, that typical Mac user guy, he never has a contest that people win. That, that's why everyone's a switching shows. No, I'm kidding, because Victor's out there right now, and I know he can hear us. <laughs> so uh, you've got an, a two-year-old MacBook Pro? Um, myself, I'm, I'm on a 24-inch iMac. Ah, well, I thought you are uh, oh, no, that was the uh, the other one. Sorry, I'm confusing the two contests because we gave two things away. The the spec product guy had a, t- a 15-inch iMac. So you have uh, an iMac, you said? Oh, yeah. Which one? Uh, it's it's the aluminum one. Let me see. It's the 2.8. That's the one I've got. That's the one I record and, yeah. and do the show on. It's a great machine, isn't it? Yeah. Well, actually, I was the one that sent you in a picture once from the little uh, the ribbon on the CD That's right. tour. That's so right. That's the only problem I've ever had with it. Otherwise, I love this thing. Is this the first iMac you've had? Did you come from a desktop before, or did you come from an earlier iMac? Um, well, my daughter's got a little green iMac next to me over here. But... And it's still running? Oh, yeah. It's still on the Internet? or? Yeah, yeah, we get on the Internet, but they're always fighting for my wife's computer, which is my old dual G5s, because they like to play some faster games on it and stuff. So Yeah, that's cool. My, my daughter uh, was really starting to get into the computer, the five-year-old. And she was visiting Nickelodeon and stuff like that. 
but she was using my wife's Dell. <laughs> and oh. I don't know what she did, but it got a virus. <laughs> wow. So, so she's no longer on the on the Dell machine. She's kind of bummed out about that. Um, but she was real good. She, you know, she knew not to go to websites that I didn't approve. And, you know, at the time she really couldn't spell or write anyway. So I don't know how she got the virus. She, she must've clicked a few times and got to a website that was a a bad website. And you know, those things happen on the PC side, but we don't have to worry about it on the Mac side. Uh, I'm, I'm slowly switching my family over. So your, your, your extended family too. Oh yeah, a little bit. I just got my my older brother. He switched over and got an iMac and loves it. And my my cousin, his PC died, so he went out and bought a faster one than me, and uh, just raves about it. And so our family get together is interesting because my dad still uses a PC, so uh, we kind of preach it in that he's you know still in the dark, going the wrong way. Well, that happens. The same thing happens in our family. I've got an IT guy. I was the IT guy in the family, but there's an actual Windows IT guy that works that. Uh, I don't, I don't remember what company he works for, but he's, you know, my brother-in-law. And he raves about the PC, and I rave about the Mac. And he's constantly trying to get those who are thinking about buying a computer for the first time to go PC. And I used to try to convince everyone to go Mac, but I kind of gave it up. And it's like, you know what, if you want to get a PC and have problems, that's fine. Call Tom. He'll be happy to come over and fix your computer once a week. If you get a Mac, I'll come over and help you once a year when you have a problem. That's that's the big difference. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah, uh, in fact, I taught my dad because uh, I tease him that he knows his uh, computer fix a guy's phone number by heart, you know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I just called the guy quite a bit. So how long have you been using Macs? Uh, the first Mac I used was in high school in 86. Wow. And I think it was a Mac Plus, and uh, I had a black-and-white video camera hooked up to it even. Wow, even took way back then? Of, oh, yeah. I took pictures of everybody in class, and then I edited them in... Mac Draw, I think it was. Mac Draw or Mac Paint, one of the two. Yeah, I, one of those two. I don't know. If, uh, yeah, I don't know if if Mac Draw would let you bring pictures. In. I think it did, but they were like what sixteen, uh, black and white, something, yeah, something like, like that. that. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, it, it's kind of funny if you look at some of that old literature showing scanners working with the Mac, and it's just all pixelated and it looks horrible. And you think that was the the cutting edge at the time, and now we have telephones <laughs> that could do, that could blow the doors off of it. I mean, are you oh, an yeah. I, are you an iPhone user yet, or? Oh no, iPhone. No, are you thinking about it, or? Uh, no, in fact, my phone doesn't even have a camera on it. So no. That, that's I kind of think that of the ball and chain. So I like to get away from that. That that means work. That means work. Yeah. <laughs> I you know I when. Sitting there at the Macworld Expo when Steve Jobs first introduced the the iPhone, and I was lucky enough to actually be in that audience, I thought, this is really cool, but I don't know. I, I really like my flip phone. Um, I, I just want a telephone. I don't need all the bells and whistles. And I really thought that's the way I was going to stay. Um, but I don't know. The marketing kind of worked on me. I ended up getting one, and now I just love it. So if, if you don't want another addiction in your life, do not get an iPhone because it, it will yeah. be a time waste. Trust me. It's... Oh yeah, it's amazing. My, my brother-in-law got one, and uh, he uses the thing to the fullest. I mean, he's on the web surfing, uh, just does a ton of work. And uh, the BlackBerry couldn't do all the things that he needed to do, and the iPhone could. So he's a he's a PC user at home, but now he's thinking about getting a Mac. So yeah, I, I wonder how many people picked up a, an iPhone that weren't Mac users before and think, wow, if if it's this good for the telephone, I wonder what the computers are like. And start switching that way. I know that the iPod had that halo effect. I'm wondering how strong the halo effect of iPhone is. 
Yeah. I don't know. I guess Apple will eventually tell us, right? Because oh, sure. they're very forthcoming with that information. Yeah. Well, I wanted to uh, call you and get you on the show for a minute and just say uh, thanks very much for following us on the uh, Ustream. Um, and thanks. I, I appreciate that, dude. Oh, yeah. I've been listening for quite a while now. So. Congratulations, Ron. Thank you very much. Talk to you. All right. Bye. Hey, and we'll go back to David Cohen here if he's listening. I'm here. You, so you were basically like listening to us on Ustream and Skype. Isn't that kind of like crazy? It is. It is. <laughs> Technology is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. What? What? How long is the day? Is, is it like five seconds or something? Uh, something. It, it's not even that much. It's probably about two seconds. Is it really? Still, that's just enough to be annoying. I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we're at uh, about an hour and fifteen minutes. We can go for a little bit longer if you want to, or we can wrap it up. It's up sure. to you. Sure. Well, we can we can talk about something else. Well, let's first of all let's uh, tell everyone who we are on Twitter. I am my Mac. And I am David B. Cohen. David B. Cohen. Yeah. I am David Cohen. <laughs> Remember that running <laughs> gag we did? That was we what, did, a couple yeah. Years this ago? is David Cohen. This is yeah. David Cohen. God, that was a while ago. I was just thinking about that the other day, too. I, I was going to find a, uh audio clip of that and put that on the show, but I thought, ah, that was like two years ago. We need to rehash that. Um, so I was talking to Owen. Um, I think we'll get him back on the show soon. He got a brand new microphone, so that'll be nice to actually talk to him and he'll have decent audio quality. What microphone are oh. you using now? Uh, I've got a Plantronics uh, headset, which is just a standard, um, you know, kind of like a call center type headset. So we've got uh, earphones and then a, a boom mic coming out to the front. Yeah, I know and exactly I've got, the one you're talking about. And that's, uh, it's not even a USB one, it just has uh, a pair of three and a half mil jacks, and I've got that plugged into an iMic that's uh, connected to my uh, my MacBook. Pro. You see that Griffin Technologies actually just came out with a brand new iMic. Yeah, they, you know, I I have two or three different ones. I've got the original silver one, I've got a white one as well, and every time they come out with a new one, I, I think, what have they changed? Because it just does the same it job. It does the same it's, job. It's a great product. It, is, it, is there you know, everybody new? should have one. It, but, is uh, the new one any different? I haven't really I, looked at the specs. Sam was telling me about it earlier. I, I don't know what the what the latest one is. Certainly, I I, the, I got the white one uh, after getting the silver one, and it seems to be pretty much identical in terms of how it works. Huh. Um, but the thing is, I find the audio jacks on the on the laptops can sometimes be a bit funny. Yeah. And uh, I always like to use an iMic because then you you know it's just going to work. You can just rely on it, and it's uh, no problem. Have you thought about getting more of a professional type of microphone to use? Yeah. I, well, I have one. When I was doing when I was doing the fenestration segments, I was using a condenser mic um, and a pop shield in front of that. The problem with um, the problem with using that for the podcast is that it takes. I, I I don't have it set up all the time. It takes a bit more setup when uh, you know if it's just like five minutes before the show starts. I'm trying to get everything together. Uh, and the other thing as well is it picks up an awful lot of ambient noise. And the room I'm in has got a lot. It's got kind of fish tank makes some noise. But yeah, I've got a fish tank behind like me that. that I worry that it's picking up. I don't know if it is or not. I don't listen to the show a yeah. whole lot anymore. The weird it's thing over. is I will listen to our shows back, but I usually will wait a couple weeks. Uh, otherwise, yeah. it's like, wow, this is very deja vu-ish. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if a uh, typical Mac user out there, Victor, in the chat room. Victor, do you listen to your own shows back? And uh, Jason Hansen's Tim, do you smoke more when you are podcasting? Actually, uh, Jason, I smoke a lot more when I'm podcasting. I don't know why. Um, 
I probably shouldn't. <laughs> and Victor says he only listens to the show only for editing. Um, that's kind of what I do, too, but I, I still miss stuff on editing. We had a couple of uh, really nasty sound effects last week, David. I don't know if uh, you listened to last week's show or not, but there was a couple times that this loud crank noise would just pop up out of nowhere, and it was like, whoa. Yeah, I, I heard that. It was a bit of a mystery. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but oh well. Yeah, I do smoke more when I'm... Uh, when I'm podcasting, it gives me that gravelly voice. Makes me sound more sexy, you know. Yeah. So anything else that we that uh, we want to cover before we wrap it up and get out of here? Well, uh, just 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 one very quick thing. Uh, I I'm, I mentioned before this this conversation I had with uh, Don McAllister about geotagging, and and uh, I've just thought we'd we'd talk a little bit about that because uh, it's one of the new features in in the new iPhone. Oh so. yeah, let's talk about the new uh, so. iPhoto a little bit. You've been yeah. using it. Uh, I've I've had a very quick look at it. I've not had. Uh, I know you've been um, you've been face face recognizing all your photos. Man, that's that's so amazing. How did that go? Well, the first time I I launched iPhoto 09, and I've got nine thousand photos, uh, almost ten thousand at this point actually, and it took about ninety minutes to uh, go through all my photos and identify all the faces. Of course, at that point, it doesn't know who these people are, but it's just oh. recognizing faces in photographs. And it does a fairly decent job of knowing what's a, a face and what's not. Although there has been a few times that um, you, the little squares are on someone's knee and it says, who's this? I'm like, that's not a face. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, and there's also been some, some instances where I will, uh, I'll have a picture and there's a picture on the wall behind them and it will yeah. actually pick that face up. So it's a picture of a picture and it's picking it up in the background. And I thought that was kind of... Uh, Amazing that it would see that picture and want to know who that is. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I, you know, I just you see, you know, for years we've been seeing this stuff in movies and on CSI, and where it will just analyze faces. To actually have it working in real life on your computer, I think, is absolutely amazing. And you know, the the key thing for me is that when you've got a whole load of photos, um, to be able to literally have the computer automate the tagging process and actually start trying to pick. You know, people out of photos. It's, it's just that's that's exactly what you want. It's such a great feature. Well, and uh, let, you know. let me tell you about my experience, and, and hopefully this will help those out there who are going to be migrating to iPhoto 09 real soon. The easiest thing that I found was to go to an event that has a lot of different people in it, and mm-hmm. physically ta- start tagging um, yourself who these people are, and build up a, a good chunk of you know twenty or thirty people in faces. And then go to the Faces tab, and it starts doing its magic. I found that the more you say, yes, this is so-and-so, and no, this is not so-and-so, um, in, in Apple's ads, it shows, is this so-and-so, and you click click it to say, yes, it is, and if it's not, you don't click it. Yeah. I found that if I don't click it, it will bring the same results up time after time after time. For an example, um, it's a picture of you and me and Guy, Okay. Right. And I say, yes, this is David Cohen, but I don't click uh, Guy's face in the results. And then it works again, it reshuffles, and it comes up and then it says, is this David again? And it's the same picture of Guy. So keep giving right. me that result. But if you double-click on the picture, and it will say, this is not David Cohen. <laughs> um, didn't, even, didn't even mean to make that clip. Um, it won't give you that result again. 
So it starts learning even better, especially if you don't just tag who this person is, but you also tell it, no, this is not so-and-so, and it won't give you the same results again. And mm -hmm. it works much better if you do that. Yeah. Um, and I also found that if you stick with one person for like four or five different refreshes, it will probably, and now again, I've got 9,000 photos, um, it found probably 70% of every instance that that person's in a photo. And I think that's pretty damn good. I think Absolutely. 70% is huge for me. And I, but I, it's addictive, David. Once you start doing it, you just want to tag everyone. Tag, 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 tag. This is so-and-so. Yeah. This is so-and-so. Um, and that's kind of cool, but by the same token, then you start having people in your faces that you have, like, two photos of. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, did, why did I tag that person? I don't need to find his photos. But I don't know. Once you start doing it, it's really, really great. See, really what I'm looking forward to is when you then bring in a new batch and for it to immediately pick out who's who in, in, new, in new photos. To me, is that, that's when you're really going to get the power out of it because obviously, you know, it will just be kind of sourcing things automatically for you. It, it, you know what it does for me? And I haven't fired up iMovie to see if it will do this. Does it integrate the faces feature in iMovie? I, I don't know. I've not even I've not even dared tackle iMovie yet. I need for iMovie. I need to have um, you know a good afternoon to really have a good play with it. And so I've not uh, I've not even fired it up yet. Because what I like to do is I like to make uh, little quick time movies that I could put on the Apple TV of just like one of the kids. So like I'll do yeah. Rachel, and uh, yeah. it's the way I did it before is I would go in and make a photo album or an event. Of just pictures of her, and then that's what I would find in the media browser within iTunes, uh, iMovie. Yeah, I'm wondering if that will, if the Faces tab will now integrate with that as well, because if it does, that would make that task a whole lot easier. Because what I want to do is I want to find these pictures, not just in uh, in iPhoto, but in all my iLife apps. Well, I, I, you should be able to, do, even if even if it's not directly integrated, you should be able to like knot something up with a kind of a smart playlist. If you take a, you know, if you take a grab from the film and then um, then face tag that and then yeah. create a smart playlist with the 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 movie and the uh, and 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 the image together, then that would do it, wouldn't it? Yep, that would absolutely so, work. Uh, yeah. Here, here's something that I found, and this is one of the questions that we had even at the Macworld Expo. Uh, at right, right after the the keynote, the Phil Schiller keynote, the podcast that we did right afterwards, we were asking this question. I've got kids from uh, one years old all the way up to fourteen. Will it find, for instance, my oldest, my fourteen-year-old daughter? Will it know to look at the older photos that I scanned in years ago, and will it pick up pictures of her when she was two or yeah. six? And here, the answer is yes. It was yeah. actually picking up a lot of those photos of her when she was younger. Now, between my two youngest kids, the five-year-old and the one-year-old, um, they look very similar. And yeah. and you, you find out really quickly when you have multiple kids close to age, you start looking at it. And when you're looking at, at the faces, it doesn't show you the entire picture. It just shows you a face. Yeah. Um, which is kind of nice, but I would like, I would be, honestly, if I could shift clip, click a picture to give me the the entire picture so i could say yes or no that would really be excellent that's a needed feature but yeah i'm looking at some of the photos i'm like i can't tell if that's brooke or cole <laughs> <laughs> you know a lot yeah. of times i can see part of a shirt so if it's a a, a, 
a green or a pink, okay, that's Brooke. And if it's a black or a blue or a red, then that's probably Cole. Yeah. But there's times that I'm like, I have no idea. I, I can't tell by just looking at the face yeah. who it is because they look so similar at that age. That's right. That, uh, they're asking the chat room exactly how the technology works. And I understand that it's um, th- it's, it's to do with the ratio of the um, of the distance between eyes, nose, and mouth. Um, is is kind of you know that appara- apparently those ratios are, are pretty much unique for every person and it's, it's it's able to to pick those up and use those as a as just, a kind of a just key say it, it's magic. Well, it's it is. Just let's magic. Face it, it is magic. Yeah. It is. I, I I I this is a feature that I've always wanted in in iPhoto without knowing that I really wanted it. And if you remember, um, I don't think you were actually on the podcast when uh, iLife 07 came out. Um, mm. Or oh no eight. I, no I, oh eight I, oh eight um, yeah no that maybe. I got I really remember. into the events that the events yeah. was finally a way for me to organize my iPhoto library in a way that made sense to me and I would actually be able to find events and pictures in those events very quickly and I thought that was the ultimate way to sort pictures and to find pictures until this technology came out with iPhoto oh nine this face tagging feature is just phenomenal and just the i went through my entire library uh in the last version and organized everything everything uh was an event and the event was named and i went through all my photos and at the time that was like you know seven thousand photos instead of nine um yeah but now with faces all of a sudden i'm doing the same thing that i did last time i want to get every single face in there tagged it's it's almost a compulsion I, you know tag 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 I don't think, though, and, and maybe someone out there in the chat room knows, is that information then embedded in the photo? So if I took that photo, David, and sent you that photo that I've tagged in Faces, will it have that tag? I know it will do it if you send it up to Facebook, but mm. I don't know if that's metadata that it's actually putting in the picture itself, or is that metadata within iPhoto? Because if it's just an iPhoto, I'm going to be really hacked off down the line when... You know, something bad happens, and I can't retrieve it, and I don't know, whatever happens. Um, and I have to re-tag all these faces. That would really tick me off. I'll have but, to look <clears> at that. If I do, you know, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll export some pictures from my photo into Lightroom so I can see all the EXIF metadata and see if it embeds it in there. I have yeah, a I mean, it doesn't. Right, okay. I, I, think it's, well, I think it's only an iPhoto, and it sends it up to Flickr. When it, you know, when you when you sync it with Flickr, but yeah. I I don't or uh, Facebook I should say, but I don't think it's okay. actually putting that metadata in the picture. It would be great if it would say this coordinate and this coordinate equals this name. Yeah, but e- even if it doesn't, it would be I would imagine it wouldn't be hard for somebody to write an add-on app to actually do that using the uh, iPhoto API. Hmm. And actually, uh, actually embed that stuff in. Now, the other thing I've been looking at in iPhoto is the places function, which is is what I was talking about before. This geotagging, um, and that's really interesting as well. And and again, it's another dimension. It's another way of categorizing your photos. So what this is, and this this definitely does embed into the photo because I've checked this. Uh, what this is is basically it has several different ways to um, put into the metadata of the photo the location that you're at when the photo was taken. Um, and if you're on an iPhone, say, or, or, or any camera that has a GPS device built in, mm-hmm. then when you when you take the photo, that will be embedded automatically. And when you bring it into iPhoto, you can then uh, bring up a Google map and actually see where the photo was taken. 
It, it the only photos in my library that works like that is the one that I took with my iPhone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now, my my point and click doesn't have geotagging, so it was useless to yeah. me. Yeah, but it, it, you, you can actually uh, manually add uh, tag these GPS tags to your photos. You can using iPhone, so you can. Um, you, you know, you can actually click on a map and actually say, well, this is where I was when I took that photo and embed it in. What's interesting is is what a lot of people are doing now is they're using uh, GPS loggers to actually, uh, you know, record where they are when they're on a journey, when they're taking pictures, and then using software when they get home to actually um, match up that GPS track to the times the photos were taken. That's pretty and, cool. Yeah, there's a piece of software called Hoodageo um, that's about $30, I think, that does this. And uh, I've had a play with that, and that works really, really well. And the, the really cool thing is you can actually use your iPhone as the GPS logger. Really? So, yeah, you can get a, a, an application from the App Store that will basically just turn on the GPS and keep it recording wherever you go. Um, so you don't need to go out and buy a separate device. And then you can use Hoodageo to bring that track in and automatically tag your photos. And, you know, if you... It, for you know, it's just taking pictures of the kids in the garden. Well, it, you know, who cares? But if you're on vacation, then I would imagine that's a really you know a handy feature to be able to see exactly where you were when you took the photos. Because I don't know about you, I, I I go on vacation. I'll take I don't know 500 photos and that over two weeks, and then you get home, you start looking through them, and you realise, you know, you took some really generic stuff. You've no idea where it is. And yeah. People sort of pick up a picture and go, "Well, where was that? What were you doing there?" And you you've, you can't answer the question. You don't know. Yeah. So at, le- at least with places you'll be able to say well you know that was when we were in you know that was when we were in portugal or that's when we we're in spain or that sort of thing you know you know the problem with all this brand new technology that we're, we're starting to get used to david and it's really starting to roll out right now is we watch an old, older spy movie and it seems quaint <laughs> yes that's right like, well oh. this is this you know. is the thing, you know, our expectations are so high. I'm, I'm still waiting. I, I think the next thing Apple needs to do is that, that thing they use in, in all the cop shows where you can take a blurry photo and run processing on it and turn it into a really sharp photo with loads of detail. Yeah. That's the one thing that, we, that you know, technology can't give us. You know, the sort of thing where you take a, a blurry CCTV number plate image and it can actually read the number plate because it turns it something that's really sharp. Yeah, but I'm I, not really I, there I, yet, are we? <laughs> I think it'd be a while before there, we get well, that. Well, you see that in the movies that you know the lines go across their computer screen and and the face that's really blurry that was taken with a camera, uh, a black and white street cam from yeah. three hundred miles away. All of a sudden, it just and it makes that noise. That's right. And then all of a sudden, oh, they can see it. How come when you see those programs, they always make that same kind of sound? You know what I mean? When the lines are going across and and slowly but surely. Within three seconds, of course. Within three seconds you know, as well, yeah. It's, the take the 15 there, years. And then they click a couple buttons, and then it makes a 3D composite out of that crappy picture, and it rotates it, and you're like, come on. They don't have that technology well, that, yet. Well, actually, that, that rotation technology is coming. There there are there are websites now where you can, you can load lots and lots of photos, and it will kind of build a 3, 3D representation of a location um, using all different photos. And did you see that thing from the inauguration a couple of weeks ago yeah, where the guy CNN. used the... Yeah, they used the... Um, the kind of, he's like kind of a robot to take lots and lots of pictures with the same camera and then sort of turned it into one great big image. Yeah, but they're um, also that, taking people... Uh, you could upload your photos to CNN, and they're compositing them in as well. Right. And, and yeah. especially, well, the ones that have the geotagging information in it. And they're compositing them into this larger 
picture. It's it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And and you could click on someone's name. That's the way they want to go with it. And then you could zoom right down and see what they saw. And um, hey, it's it's amazing technology. And it's only going to get yeah. better. That's the that's... the exciting and scary thing at the same time. That's right. But I'm just going back to iLife for a minute. I I I found with this new version of iPhoto, I think it's worth the price of admission just for that. I think it really is a fantastic piece of software. Yeah, I think so too. Let's see. Uh, I think we need to wrap it up now. We're. I think. Yep. Let's see where we're at with the show. We're at. Uh, yeah, a little over an hour and a half. I think it's time to wrap it up. Time to go. Yeah. Well, I do want to remind the listeners out there to please go up to iTunes and uh, review our show and kick up our rating a little bit. Maybe Apple will eventually feature us, and we can be as cool. Well, maybe not as cool, but kind of cool like Victor on the typical Mac user. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I got the idea, by the way, of, of asking at the end of the show uh, to, for people to go up and review the show. Maybe we should do it at the beginning of the show, too, because a lot of people don't listen to the whole show, David. It's so dang long every week. <laughs> so long. But it's you know, one chock of my, full of content. One of my favorite uh, podcasts uh, kind of went bye-bye. I, it was called The One-Up Show. It was about video games. Really right. enjoyed it. Uh, the, Ziff Davis published uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly. They sold it to uh, another company, and they didn't even want the magazine, so the magazine is gone now, which I had three years left on my subscription. That's nice. Um, but they wanted the the one-up domain, and they wanted that podcast. So the podcast kind of continued with one or two of the same people, but it's they, they kind of changed it around a little bit. And I listened to the last episode from the last crew, and they actually brought some of the people who had done the show but had left. They brought the, mm. the original crew back. One of the guys had left and gone to Bungie and um, to work on the Halo project. So, but they brought all these guys back together, and uh, it was kind of cool. You know, these guys were very emotional. Yeah, looking back and realizing that that era is over and done with. And then I thought about my Mac. That man, we've been doing this for uh, a long time now, since two thousand and four. Yeah. And uh, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely not. We're not quitting. We're here forever. So if you made it this far in the show, we appreciate it. Please go up and give us a review on iTunes. Uh, check out our sponsor, Otherworld Computing. Uh, they've got some really fantastic stuff. I was really kind of bummed out today, David, because I had to send back that MicroTrack 2 uh, that they uh, let me borrow at the Macworld Expo. Yeah, well, my wife was going to send it back, but... Um, it was my fault. They just didn't get sent back when I said it was going to. So I got it in the mail today. So I yeah. want to thank them very much once again for letting me use that at the Macworld Expo. It made recording the podcast and the shows much, much uh, easier. It was it was a great little device. So with that, uh, for David, I'm Tim, and we're out of here. We'll see you next week. And thank you for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast.